0: Welcome to the Refuge Weekly Podcast. We are a church in and for the City of Orange in Southern California. The heart of Refuge OC is to introduce and reintroduce people to a clearer vision of God. To learn more about us and how you can get involved, please visit us at refugeoc.com. And now, here is our latest message. One of my greatest shortcomings, one of one of my biggest failures, I feel like I don't have a space. I feel like I need to get nestled somewhere. But okay, I'm gonna stand here with my wife and my daughter right here. You okay, baby? You're crying. (laughs) Uh, One of the great, great failures of my marriage is the fact that I don't dance. And and I know that was a joke. Okay. Um my wife loves to dance. And if you know anything about Shirley, she is, she is a dancer. And anytime music is on, she, she loves to dance. Now, I know we're AG and we're not supposed to dance or have fun like that. But she didn't grow up AG, so she's allowed to dance. And she went to a church where she, she got saved every Sunday Anyways, She was out dancing Saturday night and she got saved every Sunday morning. So it was good. I don't know if you grew up that way, but that's how she grew up. And she loves to dance. But my, my thinking on the whole idea of dancing is that Dancing is for women and not for men. Am I right here? Are there women here that like to dance? Okay, there's, yeah, so I got a few hands, a little shyness, and then how about the men? Are there, are there men here that like to dance? Oh, we got one man. Wow, I would have never guessed that from Mike Rollheiser, the dancer. Come on, I, I kind of want to dance now. I know, seriously. Um, hey, so uh we're we're a few days before Epiphany. We're two Sundays after Christmas, and uh, and I, I just want to just want to celebrate uh, the fact that we made it to 2021. Right? Amen. We're in 2021, and, and the the question is like, do do you really think that 2021 is going to be different based on what we know about 2020? The circumstances of 2020 make it make it almost hard for us to think that by by switching the clock one minute that we literally are going to have changed something significant in the circumstances of 2020. And if I, if I look at how the news is, and if I look at how things are going, I, I wonder, how will 2021 be different? I feel like we've been exiled to our homes. We've been exiled to routines and patterns that not, have not been normal for us. We, we've been exiled to take out food out of plastic containers and, and not sitting in restaurants and... Uh, doesn't seem like there's an end in sight. Am I right? It doesn't seem like 2021 is going to be different than 2020. I'm here to talk to you about hope, and that doesn't sound very hope-filled, does it? I've just kind of dropped a bomb of hopelessness, right? It It feels like it's a hopeless world. It feels like it's hopeless what we've stepped into. It feels like it's just going to continue. This is like Groundhog Day over and over again, where we get up, and we don't go to work, and we work out of our homes. We don't go to school. We work at school at home, and it's a routine that just seems to not be ending. Something special happened December 25th. Hope was born. Hope was born And we celebrate Christmas because hope was born on earth. Hope was brought down in the character of a human being so that you knew that hope was real. Hope came alive on December 25th. And we needed that reminder as a community that hope exists in the form of flesh. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus So when it seems that life is failing you, so when it seems like we uh, are disappointed, when it seems like, you know, um, it isn't working, right? When your bank account doesn't seem like it's where it's supposed to be, and when your retirement account maybe was dipped into a little more last year to make it through the year, and it seems that maybe school isn't working the way you thought it was going to be, or you didn't get to graduate the way you thought it was going to be, or your senior year didn't get to be the way you wanted it to be, government and politics failed you. Heck, I can't even get a friend to return a text message sometimes. Everything seems to fail you, right? And, 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 and Yuli said it so perfectly is this reminder that hope is not based on circumstance. Hope is based on the character and faithfulness of a good God. Hope is not based on a circumstance. It is based on the faithfulness of a good God. Yuli said it so well makes me want to go get a dog, they never let you down. Amen? <laughs> I feel like a dog will never fail me. I'm, I'm begging the family to let me get a dog, and then they're, they're not in disagreement on the dog because they want one too, but they just want a small dog, and I want a big dog. I want a St. Bernard, I want a Bernese Mountain dog, and, and, and I, that's what I want. I want your dog. I, I want a big, fluffy dog that I can fall in love with. When my kids move out and my wife is mad at me, I can go hang out with a dog. Dogs <laughs> never fail you. That is the only hope on earth there is, I believe, for what God is like. That's the character of God is in a very loving dog. But 2021 will be better, right? That's what we say. When we went to bed at whatever time we went to bed, possibly just before midnight or just after midnight, or some of you went to bed early, some of you went to bed not at all. I know how you young guys are. But when that clock rolled over, did your circumstances change? Did anything really change when that clock rolled over? We find ourselves in, in an amazing book. Jeremiah is, is a book that's somewhere about in the middle. It's right after Isaiah, and he's this, he's this major prophet. There's minor prophets and major, and they, they give him the title of major, probably because he wrote a lot, but he also had a major impact on the kingdom of Israel and the Jewish people. He's a, he's a major prophet because he, he was placed in Jerusalem to tell the Jews of what was going to happen to them if they didn't get their act together. Jeremiah was placed in Jerusalem to, to convince them to go to the leaders, to talk to the people, to be that weird guy shouting on the corner to say, hey, you guys, you're headed in the wrong direction. And I'm worried about you. And if this doesn't change, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to be taken off and you're going to exile in the north. And sure enough, in front of their very eyes, in the midst of him even saying it, out of his mouth, they were exiled and and taken off. It was a warning. The Jews were derailed. They had lost sight of their one hope, their one God. And they started worshiping other gods. They had lost focus on the one true God and they let their circumstances dictate how they were going to live their lives, their circumstances around them, the gods that from other communities that were introduced to them. And they started worshiping other things. So they took what they knew was true in the character of God, and they changed it to letting their circumstances dictate their actions. And Jeremiah came and he said, I'm not sure God is too happy with you. And there's a price to pay if you don't change your way. Well, they made a decision as a people, and they didn't change their way, and off they went to exile. And this is what Jeremiah was placed to do. He was there to remind them. And for 24 chapters, if you go into the book of Jeremiah, which you'll find in the Old Testament, for 24 chapters, he literally tells them how bad it is going to be. But there's a little small sliver of chapter 31 through 34. Now, we're not going to do all of those. I have a little section that I pulled out from from our lectionary reading. We, we follow as a church the lectionary. It gives us scripture that has been pre-designed and pre-ordained and pre-anointed, honestly it is, for this time. And when I start reading ahead of time what scripture was placed for today, I go, how is that gonna apply? Because sometimes we're meeting it months in advance. How is that gonna apply today? And then I get to today and I go, God, you are good. Because that scripture is perfect. That scripture is needed. That word is for now and it was prayed over and it was anointed. So these are not just random passages. These are holy, anointed passages. So we follow the lectionary, and today's passage is in Jeremiah 31, 7 through 14. If you have a Bible, if you have a flip phone, if you have your big iPad, uh, whatever. Yeah. Have you seen that progressive commercial? I love those progressive commercials. They're like, don't be like your dad. You know, the, 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 Have you seen that whole thing? And they got the, the, the dad holding up the iPad, you know, taking pictures. That's such a dad thing to do. Does anyone here have an iPad? Get your Bible out on your iPad, your flip phone, your Galaxy, whatever you're doing. So... God's character is consistent, and he shows us time and time again in Scripture. And we have prophets that have come into place and have come into our time and have said who God is, and we have dismissed them. Picture, if you will, that sounds like Twilight Zone there for a second. Picture, if you will, 600 BC, and you're this group of people that are held up in in Jerusalem. And you've turned from what you know is right, from what God has taught you, from what the law has laid down before you and how you're supposed to care for other people. And Jeremiah's big blasting theme was the injustice that you have for caring for the others. And I don't know if you remember, but a few weeks ago I talked about the others, the give those people a name. The others, the the homeless people, the people you've forgotten. Make sure you put a name on that. It's amazing how Jesus spoke about that in Matthew. But here, way back in the Old Testament, Jeremiah is reminding the people once again to never forget about the others. The social injustice that happens when we don't care for the homeless, the downtrodden, the orphans, the widows, the lame, the blind, those that he deeply cares for. Picture, if you will, families torn apart as they're being exiled Picture, if you will, that there's food shortages. Picture, if you will, as if you were a Jew during that time, having to be hauled away with nothing, just a remnant, and to go off to a foreign place and to be experiencing foreign things. This is what they were going through. Picture, if you will, there being no toilet paper on the shelves. Picture, if you will, plastic containers of food to go. Picture, if you will, holidays not together with your family, this form of exile that you even have participated in. I'm not trying to tie something together from now to way back in 2,600 years ago in the 600 B.C.s, but it is a great reminder for us that Jeremiah the prophet, the prophetic voice, the voice that matters, is a voice that can also be used for today. His voice matters today. This book matters today. The Old Testament matters today. So if you've pictured yourself in this exile moment, turn with me, if you will, to Jeremiah 31, 7 through 14. Now, if you're there, in my passage it says, this is what the Lord says, and any time you see that in Scripture, you should stop and pause because you know that the Lord is speaking. The Lord is speaking to you. The Lord is speaking to those people of that time. It's a prophetic voice. I love the message that says, oh yes, God said so. I love that idea that this is what he said, you should listen we know that about Scripture in, in our minds, but this should capture your heart when the Lord says, this is what I say, sing with joy for Jacob. And when it says Jacob, don't get caught up in the word, it's a, it's a people group for Jacob's people, but he's saying that you should sing for joy. Now, here they are exiled, here they are in a foreign land, here are things that have been taken from them, and they're being told to sing for joy. How is that, Lord, that we can sing for joy? when we're in exile, but he's telling us to sing for joy. Is joy in your heart? Have you been singing joy songs? Is is the joy of the Lord your strength during this season? I can tell you for me, it's not. It's not my strongest suit. I live with joy. I've got two bouncing joy bundles sitting right here in the front row that are always filled with joy and, and fill our home with joy. The joy of the Lord is certainly their strength, but it is not my strength. It goes on to say, "'Shout for the foremost of the nations, now he's saying, don't just sing, but shout. If there was any confusion about what singing should look like, it should be a shout. It should be a shout of joy for the foremost of nations. He is reminding them that his first love is Israel. His first love is Israel. Make your praises heard and say, Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. What left was left of Israel is this remnant. And make your praises heard. Your current circumstances. You're to praise God's character, not your circumstance. You're denounced all. That's what's left of your nation, Israel. Is going to be revived. It is going to be saved. In 587, they they get hauled off to Babylon, and for some 70 years, several generations, they are told to 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 make themselves a part of this land and and to integrate and and to become part of it and and, and not isolate. They're actually supposed to integrate. But here now God is calling them back. Their kinsman redeemer is calling them back to Jerusalem, calling back to Zion. And he's saying that in this passage, there is hope to come. You've been exiled, but there's hope to come. See, I will bring them from the land of the north And gather them from the ends of the earth. He's reminding them he will bring them down from Babylon where they've been exiled, this area somewhere around uh, Iraq, and bring them down back into Jerusalem, which was destroyed. He'll bring them from all parts of the earth because they not only scattered up north, they were scattering to other places. And he will bring them from all over. It's interesting that Israel is a land that has been scattered from all over and brought back into one place, even, even now to this day. He'll take a broken land, and he'll heal it. Because I am Israel's brother, and Ephraim is my firstborn son. Since the beginning, since the beginning, Israel has been God's first love, his firstborn, and his first and most important. He has loved Israel, and he's reminding them in his words that he has loved them from the beginning. And even though they fall away because of their circumstance, they actually will always be redeemed because of God's character. Hear the word of the Lord, you nations. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd. We're reminded in 10 of what he said earlier. In case case it isn't clear, God who scatters can gather the God who sends can return. The God who corrects can also collect. And that is for you today as well. It's the, the power that swept him away. It's interesting, uh, Israel's nationalism, right? As much like our American patriotism, it wasn't restored by earthly power. What swept them away with power will be only restored by God's redeeming sovereign hand. I believe that is a word for us today. I believe that is a word for our country. I believe that is a word, a word for every country, that, it, that earthly power is not what will be victorious. It is God's sovereign hand. They will come and shout for joy on the heights of Zion, They will rejoice in the bounty of the Lord, the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, the young of the flocks and the herds. They will be like well-watered gardens and they will sorrow no more. There's this reminder of abundance language. And maybe wine and olive oil don't remind you of abundance, but when you have wine and olive oil and bread in the 600s, You basically had filet mignon. You had uh, whatever the best drink is. You had the best of everything. And this is a reminder of God's abundance. This is abundance language. He has the best for them in store for them. He has the best in store for you. What has seemed like exile, he has the best in store. Mourning and sorrow will be no more. I started with dancing. Dancing. I started with this idea of surely loving dancing and I not loving dancing. In in verse 13, you'll find, because of what God shares with them and because of his character and because of what he has said in his word, in 13 it says, then young women like my wife will dance and be glad. Now, glad isn't even a good word. I mean, glad is like a trash bag, right? Glad is the wrong word. They are more more elated. That's the best word. They are elated. They're so elated that they're jumping for joy and they're dancing around. But get this, and this is convicting for me and for all you men except for Mike Rollheiser who already loves to dance. It also says young men and old as well will dance with joy and they won't dance with joy just in gladness. They will be elated in their dancing. They will be elated when they return. This prophetic voice that speaks over the people, a people that have been exiled and tortured, and there has been mourning and sorrow, God speaks to them and very specifically says, I have something better for you. I have a hope that is not situated in circumstance. I have a hope that is grounded in something far deeper, my character. Do you trust Him? Do you trust God's character? Do you trust God's faithfulness? If I'm being honest, I don't always trust Him. Is that too real? I don't always trust Him. And I take the, I take the wheel. Jesus take the wheel. I usually take it back. Right? And I'm just saying that if I'm being real, sometimes I forget to trust Him and I want to be in control. But if we know anything about God's character, He never fails us. A year that has failed us is not God's failing. God was present in 2020, God provided for me in 2020, He provided all my needs. My bills were met. My family is healthy. I have things to be grateful for. I wrote a gratitude list too because I had to be reminded in my pity party and the things that had gone wrong in 2020 that there is a good God and there have been good things and I have a place to be grateful for even in a terrible year like 2020. Now I'm not gonna make you dance. I was thinking about maybe having everyone stand up and do a dance party, but that would be inappropriate, and I may lose my AG license if you guys dance in church. Goes on to say, I will turn their mourning into gladness. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. Your mourning will turn into elation. What brought you sorrow will bring joy and comfort. It's something to be celebrated. There's a song that I love, it graves into gardens. I, I love the lyrics to that song. It's an elevation song. And I just love this idea that he, he takes things that are dead and he makes them alive. He, he takes things that are broken and he fixes them. He restores what needs to be restored. I feel like 2020 is a restoration year. Maybe 2021 will be the redemption year. Maybe that's a word for our, our church because we got into a building, and then we got out of a building, and here we are outside of a building, and we went back in the building, and then we came out of the building, and we've been online, and we've done everything, but through it all, God has been faithful. Did you think it would go any other way, Sean? God's always victorious. So my question is, are you going to dance into this year based on last year's circumstance? Are you going to dance like Mike based on God's character? I want to do that. I want to dance based on God's character, a a victorious character. I'm dancing. I hope you are too. I'm going to invite the worship team. There's there's one last verse that I think is kind of cool. It weighs heavy on me because uh, as, a, as a pastor, as a minister of the gospel, as a, a truth sharer, as a storyteller, as a, as a wayward person who uh, is permitted to stand in front of people and, and speak about God's character in my own brokenness, I, I, I share the, the ending part of this. And I, I believe this is even a word for our team. I believe this is a, a word for everyone on our staff, I believe this is a word for, uh, for those that are in ministry that might be watching this online. I speak to you as well. In, in a hard year, like 2020, where some churches have closed, in a, in a hard year where maybe it hasn't been easy to be a pastor and the pain has been gripping as, as someone in ministry, there's a, a word for those that are in ministry. Now, I believe everyone's in ministry, but some of us are vocationally in ministry, and there's this word after he shares that everything that is mourning will become gladness, he goes on to say in verse 14, and I will satisfy the priests with abundance. And you say, Sean, what what does that mean? And my people will be filled with bounty. The priests of that day were only taken care of by the people that were around them. The, The tribes were told to take care of the priests. And I just have to say to you, you've been kind to me. You've been kind to us. In a hard time for you, you have been good to us. Those who get to minister to you, you've filled our hearts with abundance. You have served us with kindness and loved us through one of the hardest years. I haven't been in ministry a long time, but I can tell you from those that have, this is probably the hardest year of ministry. From people that have been in ministry all their life, I've heard the stories. And you have lavished us with abundance. And it only comes from the fact that you too have been given an abundant God that lavished his love on you in one of the hardest years possible. And so I say thank you. As a ministry of refuge, I say thank you. I'm going to dance into 2021. I'm going to celebrate God's character. I'm going to do my best to avoid the circumstances that confuse me, confound me, frustrate me. I'm going to stay off of Facebook when it gets political. I don't care if you're anti-mask, you're for mask. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. I don't care if you are pro-police or anti-police. I do care about that one actually a little bit. Um, I don't know where you stand on all these issues, but I can tell you right now, if you stand on the word of God, you're standing on something far more significant. And I challenge you as you go into 2021 to rest your hope on the character of God and not on the circumstances of anything that is around you let me pray. Lord, you are a good God. I love the word that Yuli shared that was part of my sermon, and that's how I know you're working, Holy Spirit, is that it's not about our circumstances, Lord. It's about your character, and we worship you because of your faithfulness, Lord. So may we stand together, may we end this service with a remembrance of of your goodness, Lord, your greatness, Lord. We celebrate you, Lord, because you are worthy of all praise. Thank you for continuing to show up. Thank you for what you're going to do in 2021. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand, if you will. Thank you for joining us this week. We believe in community and would love to connect with you. If you have any questions or would like to speak to a pastor, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at refugechurchoc. We hope to see you again soon.